Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me tonight. I have with me Scott Mitchell, and he's the host of the Bible Unlocking the Bible Mysteries podcast. And he's a pastor of a church in Seguin, Texas. He has a background in music, legal support, and technology. And he's been a scriptural scholar studying biblical prophecy and history and mysteries for over 40 years. He founded UTBnow.com to provide resources to help people unlock the mysteries of the Bible. And I just love history and the and these stories of the Bible. And it's all so interesting to me. Um, and uh, I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Uh, Scott, thank you for joining me. How are you? Robert, I am well. And thank you for asking. And thank you for inviting me to be here today. Yeah, I, 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 w- I wanted to ask you now, when we talk about this, um, what, what's going on with Unlocking Bible Mysteries, is it Fallen Angels and ETs? Is this the correlation is of exactly what we're dealing with? Or like, when, oh, when we talk about abductions, like, uh, uh, that's the big thing now, right? Like, dis- they're pushing for disclosure. I'm sure you saw the congressional hearing, but I yeah. know in your field, you've had the, you, you see the abductions all the time that are happening, and is this fallen angels? Do you fall in line with like with kind of like L.A. Marzulli says? Very much so. In fact, I just had L.A. on my show a few weeks back, and uh, we came into some agreement about some of these things. But at Bible Mysteries, we're you know, so I guess to to make uh, your audience kind of catch them up to speed on what we do. Um, UTB now, unlock the Bible now, is our sort of umbrella organization. It's my nonprofit. Bible Mysteries is the podcast that we started because we felt like we needed to show people. Uh, I wanted a vehicle to show people how to unlock the mysteries in their Bible. And there's a couple of key factors to that, but not the least of which is realizing that mankind is sort of the Johnny come lately on the scene of a ages long spiritual battle between rebellious factions of angels that are trying to uh, gain control of the throne of God. And so this is really the final act in, in that um, insurrection where God chose to give dominion of the earth to man. Man also joined in the rebellion, but God worked a plan of redemption. So uh, the, these fallen angels have been angry ever since that this was their domain and they want it back, but God didn't give it to them and they're limited in what they can do. So we try to tell, we try to tell the untold story. And make people realize that the events that are going on in the world today are all framed by these ancient events that happened in the past. And the modern uh, representation, I think, of that is going to be a great deception that's coming where these rebellious angels are ultimately going to be cast out of heaven, appear as aliens or UFOs or whatever, and claim to be our ancestors And so the technology they have is going to be offered to us in exchange for whatever they want from us. And I do believe abductions are a part of that. They've been genetically manipulating us uh, the same way they did back in Genesis chapter six. So we we go to the Bible to prove historically what's been going on. What does it say in Genesis chapter six? And by the way, this is very in line with what also Stan Deo talks about, too. I know he's a he's a Christian as well, and he talks about a great deception that's coming on. I, I know he was, uh, he was really adamant about it, that this, this ET race is going to show up and they're going to appear like they're our friends, but they, they're going to offer us technology. 
he said it's going to be, I'll, I'll just say what, tell you what he said, and you can see if, if you agree or not. He said mm -hmm. it's going to be at a time when we're at our worst. Like, he thinks, like, the events of Earth are just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse, and then they're going to kind of come and be our savior, or they're going to try to come and be our saviors. They're going to offer us, like, they're going to say, look, you're not going to have any more nuclear war. You guys aren't going to have this, that. We're going to give you technology. You're going to have free energy. You know, just do this or that. Is that kind of how you look at this, or... Because I'm not real, I don't know Bible mysteries that well, but I, I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Yeah, there's probably more than one potential scenario that could play out, ultimately leading to the same kind of conclusion. So you, you, you could throw some factors into the mix to see it could go one way or the other. For example, <clears throat> we could be pushed to the brink of nuclear annihilation with wars and rumors of wars, and that might cause this uh, insurrection of angels that are going to come down to claim to be our saviors to save us from ourselves and nuclear destruction. That's one possibility. Another possibility is there's um, a, a staged uh, attack from a so-called a hostile alien threat that the so-called friendly alien threat would come in and neutralize with greater technology to save the planet from that attack and they come to be our saviors or there may simply be um uh the, the rise to power of this individual that's going to come up through probably the davos crowd and the world economic forum people and uh that they may simply gain enough control through this so-called great reset that they monopolize all the property in the world, which is, that's the scenario I'm tending to think it's going to be. Uh, they're going to come to the point where, you know, we'll own nothing and like it, according to Klaus Schwab. And then once they do that, they will effectively own the title deed to the planet so that they could offer it to the literal son of the devil. Who's the Antichrist. Going to be Antichrist, a Nephilim hybrid. And uh, it, and I think that will somehow coincide with the arrival of these angels, regardless of what scenario or lie they try to say. They're going to come down and claim to be aliens and offer us greater technology since we made that leap to um, so-called uh, give them the title deed, because that's exactly what was offered the, um, to mankind back in the Garden of Eden. Now, do you guys think that the that all extraterrestrials, like all forms of them, are, or my, and I don't even want to say extraterrestrials because you you might think they're more of like an interdimensional being, or or is that what these uh, all forms of that aliens are? Because it seems like people see they see the gray, they see the reptilian, they see the mantid, they see the um, the Nordic. You know, are these just all forms of like fallen angels? You know, L.A. Marzulli in his discussion when he posited that it's possible that they're um, vessels created to house the, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, the, the giant hybrid human, you know, angels from Genesis 6. They all died in the flood of Noah and became the disembodied spirits, according to the book of Enoch, which is not in the Bible, but it's considered to be historically significant. And therefore... Uh, demons, as we would call them, can inhabit bodies, but not just readily willy-nilly, just not anybody they want. They sort of have to be invited or a circumstance has to exist that enables that. So and rather than waiting around for that right environment or opportunity, it's very possible that these fallen angels with their advanced technology and, and spacecraft traveling devices 
uh, also had the genetic capabilities to create housed units, uh, vessels for these demonic spirits to dwell in to work whatever they intended to work, you know. You know what, this is, you just made me think of another really <laughs> interesting point. Um, and that's like the, the and this is kind of off the topic, but it, it's still really relevant to what we're speaking. And here's what it is, mental health and, and, and like these demons, because you mentioned the word demons and you made me think of possession. And then when I thought of possession, I thought of, well, that's like mental health problems too. Like people say they're schizophrenic or what like that, but they could just have these demons this could be another one of their cards they're playing. Like they could have the alien card and they could have the regular possession card. Then they could have the mental health card where they're literally sending voices into people's heads. And people think that's, it's like a, it's a, a weird borderline between schizophrenia and is a demon bothering you. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Does that make any sense? It really does. You know, I, I believe that there are mental health issues and that they're truly, uh, I don't want to use the word disease, but they're conditions that can be treated, you know, sometimes through therapy, sometimes through counseling, perhaps even medication can help in the short term. I'm not a, a proponent of using it long-term or to control somebody, but then I, I'm, I don't have a background in any of that. So I'm not qualified to discuss the, the, the mental health issues. I just believe they're real. Uh, having dealt with depression in my own family, I, I seen it, I've seen it firsthand. Um, however, I think sometimes demonic possession can masquerade as a mental health challenge. And I don't know how to tell the difference, but uh, you know, we live close to the community of Uvalde, which was just, you know, recently in the news with this horrific shooting that took place at the elementary school. And it's becoming clear to me that, you know, there's plenty of people with mental health challenges that don't shoot up children. Yeah. What, what would it take for somebody to snap to the point? And now they're discovering footage of this kid that killed him, um, killed the children where he was, you know, abusing animals. And, and I think sometimes in, in the psychopathy of this, it, it starts with pets, abuse, killing cats, whatever, uh, hurting dogs. And that tends to be the, mar the hallmark of a psychopath. Uh, growing out of that. So is it psychopathy or is it, uh, or psychopathy, however you want to pronounce it, or is it demonic possession? I think that that child was probably demon possessed and frankly groomed by yeah. some entity, whether human or not, uh, to do what he did. It starts probably putting messages into his head, like do this, do this, you know, and it, he probably doesn't know where the signals are coming from. This is just mm -hmm. me guessing. And then he eventually starts to act out on it or he becomes full embodied possessed. I mean, these are real things that we have to consider because it's not just that place. I mean, you know, I, I work a full time job, too. And this guy reads the news to me at work. Like, I try not to follow the mainstream media, but there's shootings all over the place. Like it's happening. Like yeah. I, I can't really put a. a thing on as to what's going on but all i can say is that these people have to have something seriously wrong with them because there's been have you noticed that there's been a couple shootings well there's been quite a few and they seem to you know i i'm i'm uh, only 60 so i grew up in the the 60s as a child but i know that you know in say the 50s and 60s there were even high school shooting uh clubs where kids would bring their rifles to school to practice shooting 
you know, and, and that was nobody ever shot anyone. Nobody ever got hurt. Now, granted, America has always had its problem with violence, whether it was through racism and lynching or slavery or, or, or the slaughter of Native Americans or whatever. I mean, you can go through our history and we've got all the, the dark spots that any other country may have had. And, uh, you know, for such a young nation, I guess, comparatively, it's pretty awful. But um, again, when you look at the, the society at large, you didn't see these constant pop ups of egregious kind of heinous behavior like this. But what I do know is that when Jesus Christ arrived on the scene in A.D. 30 and he began his ministry, I don't think many people realize he was only 30 years old when he started preaching and he only lived for three more years after that, you know, before he was crucified. But during that time, there was an explosion of demonic activity in the land of Israel where he basically lived and dwelt and had his ministry. And I think it's very possible that we're experiencing the same thing now as we get closer to that turning point or a, or a pivot head of the next big event that's going to happen. I think this explosion of de demonic activity is occurring right now, and it could be uh, partly attributable to some of these things. Are you of the belief? I'm not very religious. I, I consider myself more spiritual, but I, I respect everybody's religion and all that. You, are you both the belief that you, th you think Jesus will come back? Absolutely. So I believe from my perspective, that's why we're called Bible Mysteries. I actually use the Bible as our as our reference text. You know, I, I don't have the ability to go explore and dig up artifacts and things like some authors do. Uh, but I try to tie everything back to we can look around us and just use our brains and read the scriptures. So I do believe the Bible is the word of God. And I don't mind if somebody disagrees with that. That's okay with me. I have no problems with other people having different points of view. But I do believe that it's the word of God. It's a record that God left us of himself. And in that book, he claims that his son is Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnate son of God. Uh, he created the entire universe. He became a man for the purposes of the redemptive act that he did uh, when he was born through Mary. And then he, he died so that he could pay for the sins of the entire human race. And those that will accept that gift of salvation are the, 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 uh, the ones that are redeemed, we would call that. Um, and so I think that all of this is playing out because Satan was once an angel, a, a cherub actually named Lucifer, who was a created being that was very high in the ranks of God's creation before man was even made. And even though he was the brightest creature in God's heaven, it wasn't enough for him. He wanted more. He wanted to be God. And that began the entire introduction of sin and corruption into the universe when he rebelled against God and took a third of the angels with him to join him in that rebellion. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and do you, do you think that... Um he, like, I mean, like, as we see, like, the more and more s slow decay of society, and that's all I can really say it is, because that's what it seems like we're, we're, we're going through. Do you think we're going to see what we would call the prince of the power of the air surface on the planet or uh, what his, like, Antichrist son? Absolutely. So the, the way the events seem to be lining out in Scripture is, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote, men are going to get worse and worse. The perilous times are going to come. And he talks about the, the characteristics of, of the humanity at that time. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that if you go all the way back to, say, the flood of Noah, 
the reason why there was a flood on the earth at that time was because God had to divinely intervene and pour his wrath out on a planet where these fallen angels had corrupted the very bloodline of mankind. And only Noah and his family were purely human. They were corrupting humanity. They were corrupting animals. And it's very possible that some of the legends of and myths such as minotaurs and centaurs and things were real. And that that was a product of this genetic manipulation. Getting back to the UFO abductions, it's the same game they're playing now. But when God destroyed that planet, he divinely intervened because there was an explosion of fallen angelic activity associated with humanity. That was the second flood. I believe the first flood was in Genesis chapter one, verse two, before man was even created, there was a planet. And I believe the, there was an angelic civilization that inhabited that. And that's where the original insurrection took place with Lucifer and his band of um, you know, sedition. So when that took place, God destroyed probably the, the solar system as we understand it. Uh, and perhaps all these other planets were habitable too. But certainly the earth was destroyed at that time. And again, divine intervention because of angelic rebellion. Well, it's coming again. Ultimately, the Bible is telling us that when the son of perdition, the Antichrist, is, uh, arrives, he's going to be the literal incarnation of Satan having relations with an, a female woman, and there, that son is going to be the seed of the serpent. And that's when Jesus Christ comes back. He's got to divinely intervene again, only this will be the last time. It'll be the final destruction of Lucifer and his angel band. Yeah, and what may, what it makes me wonder if this is going to be if this has something to do with um, the old school Babylon, which is what in Iraq because there's a lot that a lot that was going on there. Like there was the Anunnaki, with, with, and I don't know if you guys or you would you would you would convert you know say that those are the fallen angels, but then there was also like Saddam Hussein who thought he was a reincarnated version of Nebuchadnezzar. He was kind of restoring the old. Babylon site, and there was said to be maybe a Stargate there. We, we don't know for sure, but these are all rumors. Like, do you think that it could possibly this could be around that area? And what are your thoughts of the Anunnaki and what, what they might have been? I absolutely think that uh, Sumerian tales of the Anunnaki are probably um, the distorted mythological interpretation of Genesis 6 through the lens of the Akkadians. And, you know, it's interesting, Abraham was called out of Sumer. Yeah, You know, he was an Ur of the Chaldeans. And so he came from that very region. He was probably very familiar with those stories and, and grew up with them. Uh, and so I think that he, he was uh, taken from there for the very reason that God did not want that influence on him. As he said, uh, you know, stand before me and I'll be your God and you'll be my my person, you know, the person I'm going to deal with to bless and cause all the nations of the earth to be blessed. And, and he did that through the descendant of Abraham, which through the bloodline came through to Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyway, that I do believe that they, those tales and other tales from other countries, not just the Anunnaki, but if you go to you know, the ancient Chinese myths or the ancient Native American myths or down into South America, Peru, and whatever, you're going to find the same thing. The sky people, whatever they're called, Indian, uh, uh, the, 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 the writings of the ancient Hindus, all of that refer to these people that came from the sky. And I'm certain it's a, it's a retelling of the accounts of Genesis 6. Yeah, because if you look at like the Egyptian gods, the Greek gods, they all had a similar pantheon name. And it wasn't like the gods. Ne if you look at like the Greek tales, for example, they ne the gods never um, they never really 
granted man with like blessings of like really good so they were always kind of tricksters like even Anki was called the trickster you know yep. what i mean so that kind of lines up kind of with what you're saying right exactly the the gods and that's exactly what they were you know when in the in the account in the bible of the fall of the garden of eden when adam and eve were confronted with the serpent the serpent asked her can't you eat eve can't you eat of any tree of the garden and she said well, we can eat of all but the one the tree of the knowledge of good and evil uh, and the day we eat it will die and the serpent's words to her were thou shalt not surely die but god does know that in the day thou eatest thereof you shall be as gods little g plural knowing good and evil well who were the gods he's referring to he was referring to the fallen angels or for that matter the angels in particular i mean because they're called in the bible the benai elohim in hebrew which is the sons of god so those were created beings uh one third of which were part of that rebellion so he was saying you could be like us and it was attractive to eve at least so she she bought it I think it's the same offer that he's making to humanity now through what I call the satanic global elite, which are the the human proxies of Satan on the earth right now. He's offered them this promise of great technology, eternal life. You'll be like gods, human 2.0. You'll move to the next human, transhumanism, whatever it's going to be called. And they believe this. They think it's going to be a, a real deal for them. So that's why they're willing to use communism or whatever they're using. The, the coming thing is going to be some sort of a uh, oligarchy or uh, corporatocracy or whatever to eliminate the nation state to bring about global rule under a single conglomerate of 10 kings. They're going to cede their power to the one Antichrist. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's a little scary, too, though. Um, yeah, do you yeah. think we're, 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 like, we're far off from seeing something like the uh, the Mark of the Beast? Like, um, And what would that even be? Do you think that's AI? I honestly believe the Mark of the Beast is going to be some form of uh, an injection-type mechanism to deliver uh, gene-altering um change to humanity the 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 abductions that are being uh, carried out by these grays or whoever's behind it and my opinion is is to create a means by which when so in revelation chapter 12 there's a battle that's coming actually god's angels michael being their leader is going to engage lucifer and his angels and they're going to lose and they're going to be cast out of heaven where they dwell now people think the devil's in hell but he's not yeah, they, they dwell in the heavens. You mentioned earlier, the prince of the power of the air. So, Robert, you're exactly right. He's in, the, he's in spiritual wickedness in high places. But when they're going to be cast out, they'll be confined to the earth. If all of a sudden millions of angels appear on the earth, confined to the earth, how are they going to say, uh, well, we lost a battle with God's angels? You know, they're, they're not going to say that. They're going to lie with some form of deception. To me, it would make sense that they're going to appear in their craft. They're going to claim to be our alien ancestors. They're going to tell us we're ready for our next step in evolution. And they're going to offer us this bite of the, of the uh, fruit of the tree. And they're going to say, Hey, it's this mark you must take. It's and because the Bible talks about those that take the mark are going to have certain plagues happen to them that only happens to them. So it's got to be genetic markers of some kind. Yeah. And, and, And like I was going to say, uh, 
this is a little bit of switch to the subject, but when you, you were talking about Jesus in another podcast, you talked about there was a point where he started to speak in parables. How does this relate to it, and why did he start to speak in parables? That's a great question, Robert. In Matthew, the book of Matthew, Jesus spoke uh, when he started preaching very openly, <clears throat> and his meaning was very clean, uh, clean or clear rather. And uh, blessed are the meek; they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers; they shall see God. He would say things that were easy to understand. At some point in Matthew chapter twelve, a group of unbelieving Jewish leaders that did not like him, and they were probably aligned with Satan anyway, they're called the Pharisees. Uh, they accused him of casting out demons by the prince of the demons, which happens to be a name in the Bible called Beelzebub, which means Lord of the Flies. So there's some ancient giant Nephilim that when he died, that he had some probably uh, command of the of the, all the earth at that time. Uh, and so anyway, his disembodied spirit became Beelzebub. And he was accusing, they were accusing Jesus of casting out devils by the prince of the devils. And at that point, he made some comments about the term blasphemy. And he said it would not be forgiven against the Holy Spirit, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. And from that point forward in the next chapter, chapter 13, he began to speak in parables. And after he told the first parable, the disciples came up to him and asked him, why are you doing this? And he said, because unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. And he went on to say, blessed are your ears for they hear, because he would show them and give them the understanding. And through the parables and his interpretive keys that he gives us, we can glean some things to help understand other parables to see how the end of the world is going to play out. And, and and does he does he do you think he's spoken that like that about these times now? He absolutely did. And when he spoke about these times, also in Matthew twenty four, uh, they asked him point blank, "Tell us of the end of the world and when will be the destruction of Jerusalem?" And on and on. And he told them plainly because he was talking to them in private, so he didn't need to speak in parables. But he laid out some things that are indicating that. And, and when I interviewed a, a, an author who's one of my favorite authors uh, uh, who wrote the book, The Judgment of the Nephilim and the Final Nephilim, Ryan Peterson, um, he put, we had a discussion recently. In fact, he's going to be a, it's going to be an upcoming episode on my Bible Mysteries podcast very soon, where we talk about the seven seals of the book of Revelation and uh, the first seven seals. And he makes a very interesting point that he believes the, the seals began to open right after Christ rose from the dead. And so when people talk about the horses of the apocalypse, you know, the, the pale horse and that, they began to be released on the earth in AD 33. Wow. To, yeah. It, and, and that's why we've had nothing but bloodshed and war and, and disease and things like that. I mean, it's just a recurring cycle of you know earthquakes the, the earth is in bondage it's corrupted right now and all of this because the lion of the tribe of judah was victorious to break open the seals that's so interesting that's so interesting so does revelation have a big thing to do with what we're dealing with now then i think it does I, and, and i really believe that so revelation lays out a period of seven years and um, it all ties into a prophecy from the book of Daniel. And if, if any of your audience is familiar somewhat with Bible uh, and, and prophetic things, Daniel and the book of Revelation can almost go hand in hand with each other. 
Okay. They each complement each other, even though they're separated by, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And in the book of Daniel, he laid out a timetable of what is called the 70 weeks of Daniel. And a week in the Bible is seven. So it could have been, you know, if you could have a week of days, a week of years, a week of months, but as it turns out, this was a week of years. So there was a point at which this prophecy would begin. And according to the scripture, it was when um, the Persian King Cyrus declared that the children of Israel could go back from captivity when Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar took them and go back to their land. From that point forward, there would be 70 weeks until the end. And 69 of those weeks were fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in other words, you you had 70 weeks of years, 70 times seven is 490. Well, the decree went forth in 450 BC and Jesus Christ was crucified in AD 33. So that's 483 years or 69 times seven. So the final week, the 70th week of Daniel are the seven years that the book of Revelation focuses on. And they kind of zoom in like a laser beam. That's so interesting. That that's, that's so interesting. Like I, I, I'm trying to think of. Uh, well, let me ask you this: um, Can you tell the people more about your podcast? Because it's so it's so interesting. The stuff you're talking about. Like what what else do you cover? Like is this basically like the most of the, a lot of the stuff you talk about? Because I, I don't know much about the Bible mysteries. I, I want to learn more. Absolutely. Well, we we are um, we're making some big changes right now. So your timing is perfect, Robert, to, to ask about this, because we've just recently updated our website, utbnow.com. And utbnow is short for Unlock the Bible Now. And our aim is the podcast is one of the vehicles we, we offer people. We've got uh, the podcast is called Bible Mysteries, my co-host and I, Zena. And we discuss the more controversial things, just like you and I are talking about. We talk about angels. We talk about UFOs. We talk about MK Ultra and the CIA. We talk about uh, Agenda 2030. We talk about all kinds of really interesting things. And I have guests on and authors. And as a matter of fact, I got a, 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 a guest that's going to be coming on to talk about Bigfoots uh, pretty soon here. So what do you think Bigfoot has to do with all this? That's interesting. Like what's he, or is it, do you think it's just like an unknown species? I, I truly believe, and I agree with Ellie Marzulli on this, that they're also the Nephilim offspring that somehow, uh, uh, I guess they had some ability to perhaps be either interdimensional or something. That's why they're so hard to find, but they're just the hairy cousins of the giants. You know? uh, yeah. That's and, interesting. Mm-hmm. And the giants, the original giants that were called the Nephilim were the ones that were destroyed in the flood of Noah. Uh, Ryan Peterson, the author of um, uh, the final Nephilim, posits that the, the bloodline of Noah was the only human bloodline left that was purely human. But since there was an incursion of smaller giants after the flood into the land of Canaan, which is where most of the events occurred in the Bible. Then, and in fact, the, uh, the conquest of the land of Canaan from the children of Israel was literally a campaign of extermination against hybrids, against giants. Most people don't realize that, that they were going into the land to cleanse out these giants. At that point, they were called Rephaim and they were descendants of the Nephilim. So we, we think that Ham 
one of the sons of Noah, yeah. that the wife he chose may have had uh, latent Nephilim DNA markers in her own blood. Therefore, one of their children, whose name was Canaan, was cursed by Noah after the flood. And the next thing you know, the land of Canaan is filled with giants. So putting two and two together, we conclude that perhaps, uh, I don't believe there was a second incursion of angels to take wives of men like Genesis 6. I believe it came through a, a diluted genetic um, uh, filtering well, yeah, through even Canaan. even like if they, they have like if you look at like the the, the, the map it had like the this the, it was called like the sons of Anak which mm -hmm. is uh, Anak is could be short for Anunnaki you know like which, and and I think in that land there was giants like there was the story of King Og King Og had a an iron bed you know yep. and uh, the Israel the God told the Israelites to go wipe her out right. Yep. All of these things are, are things we discuss on Bible Mysteries. We've done a thing on Og of Bashan. We've done uh, episodes about these these very uh, several episodes on the Nephilim. So I think if your audience listens to anything like that, um, you'll find a lot of entertainment there. And also the fact that we try to tie this into current events as best we can. And yeah, I wanted to ask, that, sorry, go ahead. Of scripture. No, it's okay. So the other resource we have at UTB now is our app. We just released a new app that you can get in the Google Play Store or in the uh, Apple App Store. And that's where you can hear the Bible messages that I do that are not quite so crazy and controversial, but it helps to make sense of what's going on in the world today without getting particularly political or controversial or whatever else we might be doing. So I, I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I was going to say, well, how does this all tie into Agenda, Agenda 2030? Because I've heard about that a lot, too. Yeah, so I've got a theory that I'm thinking about, and, and it could be totally wrong. But um, 2030 is an interesting year that they chose. And they've had other agendas with other years. I think there was a 2021 at one point. But, yeah. Um, but 2030 is interesting because that's when you know when all this stuff happened with the pandemic and the so-called great reset and it was like it's a perfect opportunity to bring in the great reset and this is where they're pushing to eliminate the nation state and i i quite frankly think they're behind and people like george soros and whoever uh, bill gates all the rest of them are behind trying to make government so corrupt that humanity is going to get so sick of it like I look at our nation right now, we, we have the most inept, corrupt politicians running this country. Oh, yeah. And we're going to say, please give us something else. And they're going to say a corporatocracy. That's what you need, where these benevolent billionaires can come in and rule the nations without nations. And we'll just have this one size fits all thing, because that's what corporations do. Right. You know, they get yeah. so big and unwieldy that they, they become dysfunctional. So, you know, they start out with a great, you know, they build a better mousetrap, they, they build a great product, they become famous, and they enrich everybody's lives. And then before you know it, they become so big and unwieldy, they turn to the dark side. And that's ultimately what's going to happen here. So 2030, to me, is the time that they're shooting for. But I find it an interesting year that they've chosen. Because from their own mouth, they're saying, we want this all to be done, where you know, total elimination of uh, uh, you know, fossil fuels, they call it, which oil is not a fossil fuel, by the way, uh, and um, all these things, and the elimination of private property. Well, interestingly enough, what if 2030 was the year that the Antichrist is going to rise to power and declare himself to be God? 
just well, guessing. If yeah. I were to just guess, what if that was the target? Because that's why they chose that that year, which would mean it's right in the middle of the seven year week of the 70th week of Daniel. So oh, wow. half, yeah. half of seven is three and a half years. All right. So that would mean in 2030, there's only going to be three and a half years left before Christ comes back which means that three and a half years before 2030 would likely be when this event is going to take place that the Bible refers to as the catching out, where a lot of believers are going to suddenly disappear from the earth. So that would make 2026, 2027, somewhere in that range, the year in which the so-called rapture would occur. Wow. That's just like five years away, you know, four years away. And, and and the rapture, they're going to take up a hundred and what hundred and fifty thousand people. Is that what it is? No, no. There's no number given for the individuals that are going to leave this planet in the event of the rapture, and that's going to happen because it, we have to be removed out of the way before the wrath falls. So the rapture is going to be taking place, and that's when the the alien incursion is going to happen. Yeah, it, it might even be that they coincide so that if a, suddenly millions of people could disappear, I don't know how many Christians are going to be alive at that moment, but let's say it's millions. We, even 150,000 people don't just go missing like that in an instant, the moment, the twinkling of an eye, but it's more likely going to be millions. And then if they suddenly disappeared, how do you explain that? Well, what yeah. if alien crafts came down and they said, we removed them because they weren't ready? for the next step of evolution, you are. And there's the deception. Come and take the mark. Come and take the injection. Become like us. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's like, it's so wow. That's like, that's, that's, that's like, I, and in this world, I can see it happening. Like, you know, like I, I definitely. And I, I truly believe that fictional media is revealing their, you know, Satan reveals his hand. He, they love symbolism. Satanists do. Yeah, so they do. Movies they, they and TV shows. Absolutely. Sorry. The one I sign, all of that. It's so you think about stranger things, you know, that's a popular series right now on Netflix and they just started another season. And what's happening And the gist of this is some Russians supposedly are opening up a portal to a demonic dimension and they're coming into our realm. See, the world is being prepared for this through movies. Uh, think of like uh, the, in the, the, the uh, what's it called? The Marvel Universe. Yeah. You know, Thor and the Asgardians, those are the angels, right? And yeah. they're coming to protect Earth. Everything about this to me is, is a way to condition mankind to accept our new alien overlords. I, wow, this, is, this has been amazing. This is a this has really given me a lot to think about. I have to really <laughs> think about this. Yeah, I had it's LA pretty wild on my stuff. Show. I mean, it's, yeah. I've had LA on my show and I've had Stan Dale on my show. So I'm familiar with the territory. Yep. It's just like, it's like, I think you guys all have a good point, you know? And I, so I don't, I, I, I let everybody come on and say, you know, um, I, I'm just like, I'm neutral kind of, I'm, I, 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 but I gotta take a stance somewhere and, and, uh, I gotta figure out something, you know, like I, I gotta, I'm I'm a I'm a searcher, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's that's kind of where I'm at, you know. Like, and uh, 
but I, I, I believe this. I, I really do. Like it's, it's a, uh... well, let me leave you with an interesting thought. Since you mentioned that, Robert, I want to, I'm going to give you something to ponder. So if we think about God, however we want to conceive of him, we have to think of God as being more than man. So he's omnipotent. He's, he's uh, all knowing, um, whatever. So what does he need with us? You know, he doesn't need us. So he created us for a reason. You know, man wasn't, um, uh, the earth wasn't created for man. Man was created for the earth. And God gave man specifically dominion of the earth. And by the way, we're the only creature that he ever made that he gave us the ability to procreate. We were supposed to take care of the earth, right? Like right. To take care of it, to have dominion of it. And incidentally, he said to subdue it, which means to put it back under like, like it was it was under somebody else's control. So that's yeah. an interesting word. But uh, when you think about it, man rebels too. Sin enters into the human condition and man offers him redemption. He never offered the angels redemption. You know, so he offers man redemption and he goes through this plan. Well, Jesus, if he's the son of God, was eternal and part of the Godhead forever, eternal with God. So why did God have to choose to incarnate his son in flesh like a human being and die to redeem them? Why couldn't it have been done some other? Why not just create a huge vessel and take us off the planet to a better planet or something? You know, so that's what I want people to try to think about. Why would God have to go to that much trouble? Because he created man for the earth. He gave man dominion of the earth, and that's a decree of God. It's never been broken. And if Jesus Christ is going to come back to reign on the earth, as the Bible says he will in Revelation 19, what right would he have to lay claim to the title deed of the planet? He could wow. only do that if he was human. Yeah. Because God gave man. So why is the devil trying to create his own son so he can lay claim to the planet? He'll be part human hybrid Nephilim, but he's going to try to use that to, uh, he, he, the devil's an attorney. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's the it's like that movie to... with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino, right? I can't remember. Yes. That. I, yes. I forget what they forget the name of that, but the devil's advocate, the devil's devil advocate. advocate. Yeah. It was a great and movie. So, so that's the idea. God works legally and the devil knows he has to work within the confines of that law and it's universal. So God even fixed it so that he can't discount his own claim to the title because his own son was born of a woman, not only to die for our sins, but also so that he could lay claim to the title deed and finally restore the perfect creation that God always intended. It's going to come back full circle to Genesis chapter one when it's all said and done. Now, do you think once we're all removed from the earth or we die, um, that we'll ever come back to the earth, like reincarnate again? Or do, do you think we will just live in some other universe with God or what, how does it work after we die? Well, according to the Bible, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth when it's all said and done. So you've got that, that battle that takes place the seven years, then Christ comes back and then he's going to reign on the earth for a thousand years and restore Israel as a nation. And then he's going to basically renovate the earth completely. So there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I'm actually writing a book right now called The World That Was, and we're going to go into great detail about that. Uh, so be looking for that. But when the new heaven and the new earth created are created, God will come down from the heavens, dwell with man on the earth, 
in a city called New Jerusalem, which, by the way, is 1,500 cubic miles large. And from that point forward in the new heaven, and they merge as one. They become one again as they were in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So we'll and all be together. We'll all be together. There'll be no sin, no death, no pain, no sorrow. And I suspect as vast as the universe is, Robert, we're going to spend the rest of eternity exploring, discovering, creating, writing, singing, playing, inventing everything we could do now as human beings. We're not going to be ghostly spirits, right? So there's no need to reincarnate. We're going to get new bodies and we're going to eat from the tree of life and live forever. And so that we'll be like as guardians in a sense. We're going to be the way God created us in the beginning and we'll be eternal. That's so interesting. That's so uh, interesting. People think of heaven as a bunch of people sitting around on clouds, stringing and playing a harp and wearing a halo. That's not heaven. Heaven is the earth after God restores it. So let me ask you this. Just, I'm, just, I'm going to get your thoughts. I want to pick your brain. Do you think anywhere out there in, like, in space or do you think there's any other planet with life on it like besides ours? And do you think there might be another God of that domain? Like, Or do you think there's just our God and our domain and that's it? Or do you think there might be other stuff out there in space? I don't know what else is out there in space. I know there's only one God or the Bible lied. And if God isn't God and he lied, he's not worthy of our worship. Yeah. Know? So he's no God. So there can't be another God like him, but there are other things that call themselves gods. Like we're talking about these fallen angels. Yeah. He even calls them gods in, in the book of Psalms. But as far as are there other planets that can sustain human life or there other civilizations that I don't know. Um, and that's an interesting question because it's as vast as the universe is, it's very likely and would seem likely impossible. But the other thing is this entire universe is corrupted from the sin of that rebellion that happened who knows how many millions of years ago with from yeah. our elder race, as Timothy Alberino calls him, the, the, the angels. And he's a, he's a good researcher. I like him. Oh, he's fantastic. Now. Yeah. I, I, I got to reach and, out to him. I'd like to get him on the show. He's a Christian UFO researcher too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And very, and has an excellent book called birthright, which you definitely want to read because some of the questions you asked, he posits some ideas about how the scenario could lay out with an alien invasion. And he's got two or three scenarios that make a lot of sense to me. But anyway, uh, that's a great book birthright. Um, however, the, uh, the the planet itself <clears throat> excuse me the planet itself is not going away the focus of everything god's going to do seems to be on this earth so i wouldn't be shocked if we're the only planet like this yeah and it's the focus and center of all god's attention until he's done restoring it and then i believe it's very likely that we will go out and colonize the rest of the universe yeah and find other planets like earth yeah, I, I was just saying, like, I, I this is very simple, but I, I went on a run today. I was running, I ran a couple miles, and I was looking at the trees and the sky and the sun, and I was like, there's no way that there can't be a God, because, like, the earth just looks so beautiful. You know what I mean? Even though mm. we have chemtrails and everything that's going on, it's still yeah. beautiful when you go out for a run or a walk, and, like, you can really take in, or a night walk when you can take in the sky. It's just amazing. It's amazing the planet we live on, you know? It, it really is. And God intended it to be uh, a, a home for us. 
And maybe in the new earth, it's even going to be larger than it is now. I don't know. There's a reference in the Bible that there's going to be no more sea. And he's not talking about the oceans. So you mentioned you like to uh, you know, surf. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's going to be oceans here. But the sea he's talking about is actually the sea that separates God's throne from the rest of the universe. A frozen sea of glass in the book of Revelation. So I do believe that that's the one thing that separates the third heaven from the first and the second heaven. That's, this is all so interesting. Wow. Well, um, if you want to tell everybody, again, your website and your YouTube channel, that way they can find your stuff. And uh, and uh, I want to thank you for coming on and spending your time with me. I really appreciate it. I, these were some great, this was a great discussion. Well, it was my privilege. And I really thank you again for having me, Robert. The easiest way to find everything you need from us is utbnow.com. We've just redesigned the website. You can locate our Bible Mysteries podcast there. You can locate Bible messages that I do each week. You can get to our YouTube channel, Bible Mysteries, our Facebook, Bible Mysteries, Instagram, and you can write me if you want to. So there's all types of ways that people can uh, communicate and get involved. And coming soon, we're going to be having a premium subscription where we're going to feature some uh, extra content. Uh, there'll be a newsletter. There's going to be a discussion forum. We're going to create a Slack channel. And I get so many questions now that people write me. I don't have time to answer them anymore. So the <laughs> forum will be like a weekly thing we can do where we can get together and just answer questions. And then uh, we'll have certain special episodes for you, too. So keep keep on the lookout for uh, Bible Mysteries premium subscription. All right. Well, th thank you again. This was awesome. And uh, have a good night. Robert, thanks again. You have a great one, too. All right. Have a good one. Too.